this week on Inside Motorsport, we start the first of a four-part series of interviews with James McCabe as he talks about his life in motor racing. I hope you'll stay with us. Well, welcome to Inside Motorsport. Tony Whitlock here. I'm joining James McCabe in Ballarat to discuss where he came from, where he's going and what's next on his agenda. James, welcome to Inside Motorsport. Thank you, Tony. Um, start off with, you're from where originally? Originally from the Western Districts of Victoria. So I was born in Coleraine, uh, grew up in Caston for the first 12 years, and then went, uh, grew, spent the rest of the time in Hamilton. Um, where I left, graduated from uh, secondary school and uh, did a motor mechanics apprenticeship at the local Toyota and Volvo dealership. In Hamilton? In Hamilton, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, so I did that for about six years and then... Um, goal was? Goal was always to be involved in motorsport. So okay, so where was your first taste of it? Where did you first see it or in, hear it? First time I... S- I went to, motors, to a motorsport event, would have been uh, Sandown in about 1969. My parents took the family for a day out and um, I was pretty much hooked from that point on. So when I was a secondary school student, I was hanging around the local car club and helping people prepare rally cars and navigating in rally cars for a long time. There were two circuit racing cars in the club. One was a mini sports sedan was run by Doug Byrne and we had a Clubman sports car, a Farrell sports car that was, uh, we ran in the freighter series. Toyota engine? Toyota engine, yeah, 1100 cc initially and then we bought a 1300 off Rex Colliver. Okay. Um, I used to help uh, Tom Norton on his Farrell. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I absolutely love Clubman cars and that freighter series was phenomenal. just the competitiveness and the number of cars that ran and um, yeah just so you were just weekending at that stage yeah, yeah and just... so weekends you preparing and then you'd go away yep and so Victorian only uh, yes yeah pretty much Doug did Doug ran at uh, Hume Weir but I never got there and he also did a couple of runs at Amaroo mm. but uh, I was still in school at the time and couldn't really afford the time away. So, yeah, I, I went to Hewer a few times. Um, I think I actually remember being in, given the wrath of Phil Jones at one stage for doing something wrong, like <laughs> tipping oil in the wrong spot or something like that. Well, funnily enough, I, my first V8 team was with was at Brad Jones's, and um, Phil was very much alive at the time and a, a regular daily feature at the workshop. So yeah, I could I could imagine coming coming to his attention and falling foul of his wrath. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so um, you then decided you want to take your mechanical knowledge further. Uh, yeah, well, the the, um, uh, the mini sports sedan that I was doing for Doug Byrne, uh, Doug was, unfortunately, was killed at Winton in 1984. And um, throughout, throughout my... Well, I went to a technical school and the teachers there were always encouraging me to do an engineering degree. But come the time, I didn't really know any engineers, but I knew plenty of mechanics and I'd always had my heart set on being a mechanic. But after Doug died, I was just having a bit of a, bit of a reflection on where I was at and decided to 
to have a go as a mature age student at the engineering degree. So I uh, enrolled in Ballarat. And what age were you then? Twenty three. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. Still, so still young enough for getting a degree was going to uh, make a difference in your life. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. Um, so that that. By the time I finished that, that was a five-year journey. Yep. Um, then went to, did a bit of after, work in the aftermarket in a suspension tuning company. Then uh, I, I was quite keen to gain experience as quickly as I could because because I was felt I was starting a bit late. So I swapped jobs a bit early on. So I went from there to uh, ACL doing engine parts and uh, engine part testing. Uh, went from at there... At Maidstone? At Maidstone, yep. Yeah. Yep, with uh, working for Nigel Tate. Yes. Yeah. Um, then went to Toyota and worked in product engineering at Toyota for four years. Then... I think that's when I first met you. Probably was, yeah, yeah. Then I, I sort of got a bit disillusioned, I suppose, with the type of work we were doing there and how much uh, the Japanese retained the design control and that sort of thing. So I decided to look into uh, a job in agriculture where I felt you know, we'd have more design control, etc. So I got a job at a place called Colour Vision Systems in Bacchus Marsh that, we, that built really high-tech post-harvest fruit handling equipment. Oh. So blemish sorters and um, yeah, various sorting lots equipment. Lots of problem solving there, I imagine. Yeah, lots. So there we had a staff of about 50 people and uh, an electronics department of about 10 people. And it's a big ticket items when they're buying them. Yeah, yeah, very expensive machinery. Uh, and unfortunately, we only had one mechanical engineer, and that was me, which... Overstates it a bit. The guy that owned the company was also a mechanical engineer, but he was doing company things rather than engineering things at the time. So um, the bulk of the engineering fell to me, which was good. It was very busy. Um, I learned a heap, and um, the the time demands are very much like motorsport. I found <laughs> there was just not much. Um, yeah, the fruit won't wait. It needs, it needs to be processed. It needs to be processed right now. Yeah, yeah. So there was, there was. Uh, it was good training. Really good. Really enjoyed that time. Um, they had some financial issues, um, so I left there and I went to work uh, in Ballarat at an engineering consultancy here, doing heavy vehicle work. That was only short, it was less than a year. Just, uh, uh, and during, oh, probably over that final 12 month period, I'd come into contact with Howard Marsden and um, Howard sort of mentored me into a role at Brad Jones's. So I started with Brad Jones's in 2001. They've been in the city uh, cars for only a short time then. It was Brad's second year in touring yeah. cars, yeah, yeah. V8, sorry, yeah, so I was there for... Uh... Did you get involved in the NASCAR days with him or the Oscar? No, no I didn't unfortunately, and I, I 
really would have liked to have um, been involved in the Audi days because certainly the uh, all, there was a lot of Audi stuff around the workshop and it was um, just eye-opening how, how nicely built it all was and that would have been a fantastic series to be involved with but I was just a little bit too late. I love the fact that um, both Brad and Kim, the greatest accolade was the fact that Charlie Lamb, when it was beaten at Macau by them, that Charlie Lamb said, well done guys, you know, that, that's yep. Brad and Kim's great <laughs> accolade, you know, and it is a very worthy one because Charlie Lamb's is the highest order. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so you were deep in there in, in Albury, you're living in Albury? Uh, yeah, I was. My um, my wife and family stayed in back. I moved up to Albury for the twelve months. Right. Worked there. Um, then left there at the end of that twelve months because that was there was a bit of a um, there was a bit of shuffle of personnel and John Bauer was coming on to run the second car and they uh, so they ramped up. Um, some of the personnel and some of the personnel that I was familiar with and worked well with were, were um, let go um, and I eventually sort of fell foul of that so at the end of that 12 months I, I was one of the ones that left. Alright, well in our next episode we'll be catching up with James McCabe telling us about Double Zero. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. James McCabe and Tony Whitlock continue their chat next week. I hope you'll join us then. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.